Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Wow, it's unbelievable. Tell you what, you never want to take that for granted, friend. We take so many things for granted. Sometimes we take one another for granted. And we certainly enjoy the blessings and the function of God. Expect a new day. I was uh, thinking about preparation for the message. If you take a look at the, uh, the uh, seven churches as it relates in the book of Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, you notice that these, uh, of course, they were great, great churches, but uh, five uh, had, to, had to be cautioned, had to be warned, uh, in which uh, God spoke to them. Spirit of God, Jesus spoke to them and said, hey, you know, whether you be you know, hot or cold than to be lukewarm or, you know, what, what you've done, you've forsaken your first love. And you got to say, well, if you look at that, um, that caution is still there. We need to heed that caution often in our lives. I'm convinced that everybody ought to read Revelation 2 and 3 at least once every six months just to realize the frame of reference from where that came from. Caution. We look here and we notice that, that we find ourselves in the text of Acts 2 verse number 29 through 47. There is a stirring of the Holy Spirit that took place. <laughs> but it happened as a result of a mighty outpouring that took place in the upper room. We notice that God never intended for the church to enjoy blessings of His Holy Spirit. Never intended for us to be so blessed that we become spiritual gluttons, that we do not take that which God has given us, we do not take the privileges for granted, we do not take the endowment of the Holy Spirit in our lives for granted, our redemption for granted, our spirit anointed for granted, our favor that we know that only came from God granted. Everything that God gives us, He gave us for the honor and glory of Almighty God. It is not for us to own or possess. We are vessels so the Holy Spirit can flow through. We are light in the midst of the darkness. We are salt of the earth. We are the testimony that a person who's lost needs to hear. We are not an island under ourselves. We have been called together as a spiritual community to see that God's name is lifted up. And he said, if my name is lifted up, I will draw men and women nigh my heart, friend. That is the work of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paragraph two. It's important to understand that this message Jesus saves is our only message. Jesus saves. Many in the church today would have the perception that we resemble the weary and the worn and the abused champions of Hebrews 11. That when you read that, sure enough, they're champions, but you read about what they went through and how withered they were and how tired and how weary and how beaten up they are. And many would say that's what the church looks like today. I beg to differ. I believe the church today looks like a young David standing in the face of a Goliath and saying, you better give me the best you have for what I have for you comes under the anointing of the Spirit of Jehovah God in my life. 
I choose to believe that the church today is not washed up, ready to quit and give up, but I believe that we are the Joseph, hallelujah, that stays so close to God that when we're called upon to be able to interpret the dream, we can step to the plate and say, you don't need a seer that is ungodly. You can call on me because I know my Jehovah and he lives and resides in me. Come on, help me preach tonight, church. We're not the weary and the washed up. And if you say, well, I want you to know I'm about to give up. I'm about to cut back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let me just tell you right up front what you need. Another dip, hallelujah, in the anointing and redemption of the power of Jesus Christ. If you ever forget what he brought you from, you will get lax and apathetic, and that will not accomplish God's will for your life today. It is our responsibility to stay on focus, on line, and purpose-driven. How do you feel about that? That's God. No circumstance, no challenge ought to get you to the place that your life becomes so routine. It is Peter that is preaching such a dynamic message. As he preaches this message out of our text, Acts 2, verse 29, just a month or so earlier, several days before that, he denied even knowing Jesus Christ. He betrayed him. He was the individual that wept bitterly. He was the individual that just hours after his denial, however, God realized Jesus knew that he would deny. He allowed him to come to the upper room and enjoy the Lord's Supper together, even though that Jesus knew he would deny him. But listen, my potential is not in my failure. My potential is found in the purpose God has for my life. Let me find that and ride that wave. We understand in this community, the designated entity, organism, to thwart the darkness is the church of Jesus Christ. It's not Kiwanis. It's not Rotary. It's not a social organization. It is not the red. It's not the red, white, and blue organization. It is the church of Jesus Christ. And when the church decides we are the church victorious in the name of Jesus Christ, we are the bride of Almighty Jesus. We are the ones that is set forth to declare this gospel in the darkened world. If that's true, our only hope is found in the next relationship that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing, yea, nothing shall separate me from the love of Almighty God. So in our text tonight, point number one, a changed man is in charge. Would you say that with me? A changed man is in charge. Peter's preaching. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. He has raised this Jesus to life. In case some of you out there, as Peter's preaching, if you are confused and you are frustrated, he said, I want to remind you, this is a fact. The grave is empty. He is not there. He has not returned and went away and got a nap. By this time, he has ascended 
to the side of the Father. He ascended in Acts, the first chapter. Peter, of course, is in the second chapter when Acts 2 at the beginning took place. It signaled that this Jesus that was raised from the dead has now ascended to the right hand of the Father, and he is there. And Peter realizes that because everything Jesus taught has come to pass to this point. And Peter says, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. No longer any denial for me. At the time of our text, those who had been followers were a bit confused. They were frustrated. They often were intimidated and they were anxious. And yet they were a part of the church. And if you look and say, how shall these people, anxious and intimidated and frustrated, how shall they pick up this precious gospel, this light into the darkness? How shall they take this powerful message and present it to individuals who are blind and bathed in spiritual ignorance. How shall it happen? And that was the intent and the goal of Acts, the second chapter. We know that those in the upper room were not frustrated. They were not confused. They were not intimidated because they had an experience in that upper room that they could not explain. But one thing they knew, you will never tell me that what I felt was real. You will never tell me that I was shaken to my core. You will never tell me that a supernatural presence came down in that upper room where I was at. You will never be able to convince me that anything other than fulfillment of God's Word in my life, you can tell me that all you want. But I know what I felt. My my friend, the church needs to remember that your worst moment is not your best moment right now. Your best moment is ahead of you. And if we seek God's face and move forward and pick up our weary bodies and march to the tune of Jesus Christ, we'll get fresh Holy Ghost air saturated in our lungs tonight and the blood will flow and life will come to those that are weary, for we raise up our feeble hands and declare the good news of Jesus Christ. I hope you came to hear preaching tonight. Far too many in our culture today play church. Far too many believe that the power's not there. Far too many believe that you can compromise everything under the sun and feel that you don't have to be separate in your calling. Let me encourage you we have to be separate in our calling. Remember the orders that we are given. And those orders, of course, are to declare the good news of Jesus Christ. I am certain that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Peter, of course, when they're frustrated and confused, and what I've been preaching steps out of the shadows, and he begins to preach. He's got a brand new message under a brand new anointing. Do you know why? He knows he's been forgiven of a deadly mistake. He knew that he was weak in his own right, and he failed. He knew, he knew that though he said, I will die for you, and he declared that will never happen to me, that the unthinkable happened to him. And when it happened, he knew, I have failed and made a blunder. But here's what he did not know. He did not know the vastness of the grace of Almighty God. He did not know the depth of God's forgiveness. He did not know the depth of God's restoration process. And when he fell, Jesus once again said, Peter, do you love me? Oh, Lord, you know I love you. I'm going to ask you again, Peter. I want it to stick. Do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you. Again, Peter, do you love me? If you do, 
you feed my sheep, I will. Peter knew that. That forgiveness came into my life. I am a restored, changed man. And he preached with authority under the anointing in Acts, the second chapter. And he's preaching to us tonight. I need Jesus. I need his power. I need his anointing. He declared that this is Jesus being resurrected. He declares that it is the fulfillment of prophecy according to David. He says, look back in the history. Look at the record. This is a prophecy given by the hallmark leader of the Jewish tribe, David, King David. And he said it was a prophecy he gave that he would come forth out of the grave, that he would ascend to the presence of the heavenly Father. In Acts the second chapter, verse number 25, he said, David said, he quotes it, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Those need to become your proclamations. I saw the Lord. Matter of fact, I see him now. He is at my right hand, and I will not be shaken. No matter what CNN, ABC, CBS, NBN, whatever they are, no matter what they say or report, no matter how many times they believe, believe the negative, here's what I know. God has his hand on you. He has his hand on me. He has his hand on our culture, and nothing is going to thwart the coming of what Jesus Christ has said. Get ready. The next thing on the record is the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. And if you're over there shooting marbles on the side, you're going to miss the big parade of the great circus coming into town. If you're on the side piddling around with the little things and you're fishing for big fish out of a mud puddle, you're not going to get any. But if you get out there in the deep and get your feet wet and then get your ankles wet and then get your knees wet and then get your waist wet and then get up to your chin wet and then you rear back and you just begin to swim and say, this thing is deep enough. I can take off. That's what God says is in store for you and me. He says, get on out there and begin to swim. Exercise your faith. He wants us to understand that Jesus was Mary's son, but he was also the son of God. He was from Nazareth. He was beaten. He was crucified. He did go to the grave. But he said there are two things that he would do that would establish his credibility. He says, look out for it, boys. You watch. He will be raised from the dead. And he would send a comforter upon his arrival at the Father's right hand. And on the third day, the stone rolled away. Number one is done. And for several, several days, he appeared to hundreds. Thomas was on his list. How you doing, Thomas? Well, I'm a little befuddled. You appeared to the other disciples. I, I wasn't available. Well, you're available now, Thomas. Touch my hand. You feel that? Yes, sir. You believe now, Thomas? Yes, sir. How many of you have ever been touched 
by the hand of the Lord. May I see your hand? Touched by the hand of Jesus. Was it such a touch that someone could talk you out of the belief that you weren't touched? Or were you touched to the degree that you say, you can talk all day long, but I know what I felt when his hand came down and touched my life. If that's true and we have such a manifestation of the evidence of the power of God, how shall we respond? Shall we wallow in discouragement? Shall we wallow in depression? Shall we wallow in doubt? Shall we wallow in fear? Shall we throttle back? What we shall do is to say, if I'm touched, there are others that need that touch. And then the comforter, he said, it will come. And when the Holy Spirit comes in Acts 1, it says, you'll be anointed with power, power to be my witnesses in Samaria, Jerusalem, and all the parts. You'll have power to stand in the face of darkness and declare, you look mighty large to me. You are threatening, and I want you to know you are scary. But listen to me. I know that upon me is the anointing and the blood covering of Jesus Christ, and I know that you can bluff me, devil, but you cannot handle me, for I shall function under the grace and the anointing of a God who gave me power I rebuke you in the name of Jesus did you hear me I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ Satan get behind me you have no place in front of me in my life you need to help me tonight church you know what I'm telling you is the truth his credibility he was a changed man and his name is Jesus no longer bound by flesh no longer captive no longer subject to Satan's ploy Satan did nothing that God did not give him permission to do. He's the risen Lord. He's the conqueror of death and hell. He's the ruler of the world. He's the mighty provider. Peter said, now he is exalted at the right hand of the Father. I have an advocate. His name is Jesus. 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 Just whisper his name. Jesus. There's no other name. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. He is the son of the living God. Jesus. The other night, Sharon said to me, I think we need to go through the house and we just need to once again pray over every doorpost, every threshold. I wonder if you could, let's go to room to room to room. And I said, if that's what you feel we need to do, I took her hand And we went to the garage door and we prayed in Jesus' name, this house belongs to Almighty God. We went to the back door, one of the back doors, and we said, Father God, this door is one that we rebuke. We plead the blood over it. We went to the double doors out back, which has dead bolts on it, lest you ever try to break in with an alarm system that will 
barbecue you the minute you touch the handle. But anyway, we prayed and said, Almighty God, we plead the blood over this. We went to the front door, amen, and we prayed, God, in Jesus' name. We went to every bathroom. We went to the one outside and prayed over it. We went, of course, to the upstairs bathrooms and the bedrooms and every closet, and we prayed and pled the blood of Jesus Christ. Had you been with us, you would have had a Holy Ghost revival right there in the house just praying over, because you know what? Once you prime that pump just a little bit and you get to about room number three, you feel like heaven is beginning to come down and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, amen, and you get lost in the presence of God. Hear me, church, we are forgetting what that means in our lives and how powerful that is. And if you've got challenges in your life, challenges with your kids or grandkids, plead the blood over that house and declare hallelujah that Satan has no power over you or your family. You, sir, you have the ability. Number two, a revolutionary spirit is to be enjoyed. A revolutionary spirit is to be enjoyed. Let's say that together. A revolutionary spirit is to be enjoyed. What did Peter say? He says in Acts 2.39, he said this promise talking about the infilling of the Holy Spirit is to you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. His statement that this outpouring of power was predicted. It's predicted. Acts 2.15, this is what they said about it. These men are not drunk. How many have ever been drunk? Well, I won't ask that. <laughs> Probably break my heart to see some of you raise your hand. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. Well, it's the only rational explanation that we can give in the natural. Oh, but there's another spirit that's not man-made spirits. Hallelujah. You can get lost in the depth of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, are we in the last days? In the last days, God said, I'll pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. That's a believable, believable scripture right there as prophesied out of the Old Testament, fulfilled in Acts. But listen, it was not a period when it happened. It was a comma and said that which God has promised will continue on, my friend. That, that anointing will be there. Peter said, you can now shed your fear. You don't have to be afraid. You can break down that religious barrier. You can take the weapons of men and push them aside. There is a new spirit to be enjoyed, and it flows from an inside source. And it is the precious power of the Holy Ghost. The old law, the old law was inconsistent out of that Old Testament and its spiritual blessing. Peter said, there is a new, not a law, but a new command that's going to be loosed, a new vibrant reverberating spirit that is about to consume you that now the high priest cannot keep you out of the holy of holies for that 
purple curtain that was split in two gave you permission to go right smack down in the middle of where God is and you can touch his garment. You can hug him. You can love him. You can appreciate him. You can use your prayer language. You can have what only the high priest could enjoy once a year. It all belongs to you. And when you get ready for it, just charge on in there and say, I want what you have designated for me. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. There's a new spirit to be enjoyed. The old law is history. What happens? What would happen if you decided to just call a prayer meeting among your family for a period of time once a week to begin with? What would that feel like if you heard your children begin to pray? What happened when we release our will to him? His will can be done. When we give him permission to inhabit and control our vessel, when we bring our mind into alignment with his mind, when we are not bound by the power of pride and we choose to move, what would happen if we enthusiastically embrace his heart and his emotions that we say, I don't want to talk about what used to be. Oh, back then, now I suggest to you that anything in your former days that you've ever had can be present in your now days. In your now days. We worship until we feel that heaven has come down. Matter of fact, worship team, come on back up here. You worship. You exalt his name. You sing songs like spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Jesus, there's something about that name. Hallelujah. When that begins to happen, that is the attractive part about the Holy Spirit. We have the liberty of the Holy Spirit to guide us and give us power and presence. No longer do we need to hide and allow the world to dictate to us. We can declare the power of Jesus Christ. The old religion of apathy, despair, weakness, and defeat can be cast away. And we can be embraced by the blessed Holy Spirit and feel the love of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you just raise your hands with me? Hallelujah. And let's just worship him. There's just something about that name sing with me oh Jesus Jesus, 
you just stand to your feet and lift your hands sing it with us one more time Play that softly. Let me encourage you right now. The Holy Spirit is moving in this house. You want to come into this altar? You know what? He said the door is wide open. You want to walk out of the shackle and the bondage and the burden that Satan's choking you with? You've cried out to God. You want to renew your passion? Now would be the time to just pay it. I don't care who's here, who watches. I just want to come down and fall at his feet. Here's what we find in 1 John 4, 4. You dear children, that's me. You dear children, that's me. You are from God. And you have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one that's in the world. Revelation, he who overcomes will inherit all of this. And I will make his God. I will be his God and he will be my son. Here we go in the presence of Jehovah. Let's worship. This is not planned in the service, so just flow with me. Altars are open. I got more. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In the might be seated we're going to get into thou art worthy great jehovah for just a moment peter continued to preach and he said in acts 246 every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising god and enjoying the favor of all the people and the lord added to their number daily those who were being saved Peter said to the thousands that were listening, there is a better way. But he said, for you to enjoy the better way, you're going to have to get rid of the old way. Before your vessel is going to be filled up with the purity of God's presence, he said, you're going to have to get rid of all that other stuff that's in there. People know me around town at restaurants as the reverend who loves hot fries. I wear them well. But I say to every server, now if I get French fries, I want them freshly fried. And let me tell you what I mean. I don't want a few more fried and tossed on top of those who've been fried a while. And I don't want you to take those under the warmer and take them out and throw them back in the grease and heat them up. What I'm looking for is fresh. And here's what God is saying. I'm not going to give you stale bread. I'm not going to give you yesterday's blessing. I'm going to give you the freshness of the purity of the Holy Spirit. But for me to enter that vessel you're going to have to dump out all the residue that's in there and get rid of it and empty yourself. And when you do, I'll come in and I'll fill you up. If you're here tonight and you say, hey, I'm spirit-filled, but I haven't used my prayer language. Well, let me tell you, it's already there. Begin to use it in Jesus' name. If you say, I've been worried about something, as long as you're willing to worry about it, the enemy will keep it there. And God will keep his hand off you until you decide to say, I'm not worrying anymore. God's going to help me through. Sooner or later, you got to make that mind up. If you're angry at somebody, you're bent out of shape, you feel like some people are trying to rule your life, you're going to have to get rid of that. Because really what you need is to be slain in the power of the Holy Spirit. And God will take all that old crusty stuff 
that's in there out of the way. So when he said they began to break bread, they had to let go of their religious ways. They sold their possessions, destroyed their idols, went to worship every day, started fellowship and prayer meetings and had harmony with everyone. And here's what the Bible said. When they did that, God gave them favor. Well, that's what I want. I want the favor. God said, if you're going to get my favor, here's how you're going to get it. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For the presence of fear will restrain you from aggressively seeking that which can deliver you. Throw yourself upon the one who loves you. Open your heart, open your arms, and open your mind. Listen to his voice even now as I speak to what he is saying to you. Be obedient to that voice and watch what will happen immediately in your life and what will happen immediately to that which opposes you. Father, we claim that promise in Jesus' name. The altars are open. We're going to pray in a moment. We're going to sing this song. If you need to slip down, you just go right ahead. Here we go. Can you hear the cry of the heart of individuals who are praying tonight? Just let's be silent for a few moments. Just talk to God. Talk to Jesus. Call out to him.
Hallelujah. He loves you. He wants to cleanse you. He wants you to fall in love with him. He desires to take the rough patches away. He desires to hear his name called out. Hallelujah. Let the praise of God's people be heard in the sanctuary. Father, we praise you. We thank you. We offer our praise to you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Mm. You're high and lifted up. Your train fills the temple. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit of God.